Yeah, can you repeat everything you just said? <laughs> Do you know what? This is cracking me out. Season two of Shade. Welcome back to the podcast where I invite guests to chat about how they've challenged the concepts of race and identity within their work. I'm Lou Mensah, writer and photographer, and this week I chat with creative director and artist Daniel Adutan. Daniel has shown work at the V&A. He's recently left one of our largest art institutions to go it alone freelance. We talk about his recent project on social housing and he shares the story behind shooting one of my all-time favourite dub artists. Now, our chat started off on Daniel's bus trip to Peckham, finished off in a park, so there will be sirens, traffic noise and there's a lot of laughs along the way. I think towards the end they realised I was a sexy, but by then it was almost too little, too late. Yeah. I do anything about it, so, um, you know, I was kind of... In and out of uni, really. I wasn't really, took a year out, tried to come back, had issues with home, housing, stuff like that. I was a bit homeless for a bit. It was just really a rough downtime. Then I finally got into music. And then yeah, um, when I left, I was working at uh, Metropolis Studios, a recording studio. It was like a bit of bitterness. It was almost like, well, you know what? I'm in here now and I don't really want to be in here. I found it very hard to navigate in the music industry in terms of being honest to myself. I yeah. go into music from a very creative point of view and, you know, and I just didn't, I, I didn't like the idea of me, because also the course I took was very much sound production, sound engineering based. So mm -hmm. me getting into the music industry and working with musicians or people or artists who not necessarily, I, you know, like their music. It was something that I couldn't do. I'm very much like a collaborator. If I like your music, if I, you know, I feel like you've got something to say or we're doing something that's great. The idea of like using my time, energy, uh, resources to work on something that I didn't believe in didn't make sense to me. Mm. And it's as simple as that. It's very simple. And then I was just like, you know what, let me just leave the whole music industry together and mm. figure out what I want to do in my life, you know. Mm. And by doing that, leaving the music industry, I kind of said, you know, what, let me just get into construction. <laughs> Again, you know, I mean, very, I'm very practical with my hands, very practical with my mindset. And I thought, you know, honest labor, working grafting I'm a grafter I can do that you know so let me get into that and yeah it was the worst time to get into it because the recession had happened mm. and so you know I was training to be a um, uh, surveyor ground sightsman around that same time I was although I left the music industry I was you know I think it's a bug once you're creative you're always a creative and it's a long-winded story but in a sense I someone gave me a camera and I started to kind of get into photography via just you know, hearing music, hearing sounds and wanting to represent that visually. Yeah. You know, um, that's something, a project I was working on at uni, which I didn't finish, but it was very much a kind of concept project where I had a vision in my head or I had an idea or a sound and I wanted to find photos that matched that sound. Almost yeah. like when you look through the album notes and like, you know, of a, of a, of a this is back in the day of CD jackets where you would find a song and the song would have a picture to go with it or something you know and have lyrics there and stuff like that yeah. and that's the kind of thing I wanted to replicate I guess you know that kind of idea of like each song you know has an image that you know mm. is associated with that sound that song and it just became like a thing you know they say a picture paints a thousand words so if it's, you know that's audio you know it's like, it's like okay so how much if it paints a thousand words in a sense can it resonate sound can I hear I look at music I hear sound you see you watch a film there's sound in it you know there's mm. a visual and audio response happening there. So that's how I kind of got into it. So when I was on building sites, 
I was taking pictures with my camera phone, you know, and I was, um, you know, posting up online and, you know, doing all those kind of sharing it. And people said, you know, they started to say, you've got an eye, Dan, you've got an eye for photography, you know, and I was like, is it? And I was like, you know, yeah. And, you know, I'd go out, shoot with my phone again in areas and people started to say it over and over again. So it's, it's, it's kind of manifesting. People say you're some, good at something. You start to explore it more and more. Exactly. And I kind of got into it by then, yeah. And it was just something I just kind of like, snowball effect just kept getting into it and it was always a form of personal expression there's loads of people that can take great photos of buildings and landscapes i don't do that because i it's in a sense i know what i can do well i know the stories i can tell well let me focus on that let me focus more on on my area you know let's focus on gentrification rehousing this and that's what a lot of the photos that um kind of sparked the recent film thing i did it's basically a you know it was a, a need to kind of be seen and kind of capture what was happening around me can we talk about did we leave the lights on because that's a social housing project how did you how did that project start for you there's an element of um failure i guess you know <laughs> the, fa- yeah. the, the failure i was unable to do so basically it started off in 2010 so between 2010 and 2012 is when um i was the hunger i got the photography bug Mm. And I guess that's my most uh, up until working at the V&A. That's my most, that was my most active um, period of like taking photos and actually um, you know going out. I don't really you know people say street photography. I I don't know if I'm a street photographer. I don't really like going out and taking photos. I find it quite um, there's a bit of an anxiety when I have a camera in my hand. I'm going around taking mm-hmm. photos of people mm. um, and what. Like, I don't I rarely take photos of people outside. You know I'm six foot four. I'm a mm. black man. So, you know what I mean? You go to places with a camera and you start pointing at people and you're just going to get a different response. I did this whole photography kind of like project of taking photos of the area, the landscape, because I was like, you know, I want I to I document what's happening because I know, I knew, I had a feeling that things were changing around Southwark. And 2010, 2012 is the period just before the big major regeneration changes, you know, so the Ellsbury estate was still standing, you know, certain developments and certain pathways were still there, you know, old, you know, houses that communities that are no longer present in, 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 in Elephant Castle or Southwark were still around. And, you know, I just kind of wanted to capture that moment before it just totally changed forever. So mm-hmm. between 2010, 2012, this is like no photography training, never, I've never up until this day, never set foot in the photography class. So it was almost just an instinct. I had a friend, Harry Elemu, who um, he features in Did We Leave the Lights On? He's the last voice at the, he's the voice at the beginning and the voice at the end. With the red background. Yeah. Yeah, with a red background. Yeah. Yeah. And he studied photography um, in North London somewhere. And I just would, we, we, we started off, we went to the same school, secondary school together, mm-hmm. and we would make music together. We really heavily got into the whole, um, the art of sampling. And the thing about sampling hip hop, it's such an encyclopedia. It gave us that kind of a world perspective. Because you would hear a track and you would hear the sample. You were like, what is that? What's that sample? And then from that, you would go find a track and it could be a classical, you know, composition or it could be jazz or it could be, you know, R&B or something. And it would just lead you on a path that you wouldn't have, you know, naturally, you wouldn't have got there without it in a sense. But uh, we kind of um, creatively have been working together and kind of like, you know, knocking, going back and forth for for over a decade. And um, I just was like, Harry, we need to, I want to take photos of the area. I want to. I want to do stuff, you know, you want to, fo- you want to come, you want to follow. And it was just a case of we would meet up, he would come to mine, 
and we'd go. I had a film camera and have a digital. He had a digital camera, which I thought was amazing mm-hmm. at the time. I was like, right, it's crazy. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't, I couldn't afford one. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, we went out and we just we documented the area and um, a series of photos. We were there for the London riots and stuff. You know, I didn't take as many photos in London riots. Um, he did, and he, we shot some video and stuff like that. But you know, it was a case of um, just going out and shooting that stuff, and then. You know, uh, after that, I got the bug for art and it was almost, hey, you know what? I want to display this work. I want to maybe do an exhibition. And, you know, I, I entered some of the photos into an ex- into a, into um, a, an exhibition competition at the Sloan Square Mika Gallery. Mm. I got nominated. I got, I got through. I was like, it was my, my category was Best British Emerging Artist. Funny thing is I handed it in late. But it still <laughs> got, you know, the, the strength of the work spoke. So it's, in a sense, always just like focus on the work in a sense. Make, you know, you can... You can you can learn, you can refine yourself, but just you know try to do what you can with the little you have. Try to do the best you can because I had a film camera, and all of a sudden I'm nominated for an award. So mm-hmm. the gala dinner was at Saatchi Gallery and everything. And then it, you know people would ask me, is the work for sale? You know <laughs> where can I go from here? You know, and it was like I didn't know where to go. I'm I didn't know what there was. I didn't even want to go to the dinner. I didn't even want to go to the award ceremony. I was like, nah, I ain't going to that. I'm Get the that. Same. I'm the same. You know what I mean, I'm totally for a different world in mm. a sense. You know, after all that period, failing to make it in the in the art world or failing to become, you know, embedded into the art scene or whatever, it was almost like, oh, I have to go through an alternative route. So, you know, I would graft, I would I set up my own collective, we would do projects, we'd do things, I would learn about the industry and kind of embed myself in the institutions and, you know, kind of grow up, you know, navigate through there. So did we leave the lights on was like, how can I best put on an exhibition? How can I highlight what it is I'm doing? Most people put some, put on an exhibition. Exhibitions to me are very expensive business cards. You don't make any money. You don't make probably this is like probably later on I'll probably talk about how social media has changed, like how I engage with art. And yeah. I'll, I'll mention this later on. But mm. in a sense, did we leave the lights on? Is ten years later looking back at um, the first photo project. It was called Soul Complex. Yeah. Looking back at it and realizing, okay, ten years later, you know these photos capture the, the area before the regeneration changes. I'm coming back to those areas 10 years later. And not only am I witnessing the fact that these regeneration changes have happened, I want to talk about how it's affecting us and not only how it's affected us or how it is, is it affecting us, how are we coping and what, where do we go forward? Yeah. Regeneration can be a very, it's a very, um, it can leave you very isolated. Oh, you know, it's kind of gut wrenching experience because you, you, you come from another country if you're first generation diaspora. Mm. You know, home is not really home because you've grown up in the UK. So mm. although, you know, you may be from Africa, you may be from the Caribbean or whatever, you come to somewhere, you know, mm. totally different. And it's like you're in limbo because you're not really, really, you know, you're not from Ogun State, Nigeria, and you're not really, really British. You're in between. So you're kind of in a limbo space. How do we cope? How do we deal with that? And that's what I'm trying to get with mm. uh, Did We Leave the Lights On. So it's kind of going back to those spaces, asking people from South, and just a snapshot, it's the best I could do to highlight those photos that I took. Yeah. And, you know, um, and I just shot it with a, a DV cam after work, you know, I'll go out after work and just shoot it, you know. Yeah. And then a lot of the voices that you hear, a lot of it isn't planned. A lot of it is just like, one or two are planned, but most of it is running to Moses in the supermarket in Peckham. That's why you feel you know? like you're there walking down the street. That, yeah, like... absolutely. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I believe so you shot that did you say around 2010 so you so 
so the regeneration went on because by then I'd gone I'd had my baby and I left mm. I couldn't stay where I was living so I had to leave and so um so I'd left then so I was around in the 90s and the early mm. 2000s and so I lived everywhere so from New Cross to Herne Hill to Peckham to Brixton so I did uh, all of that area for, mm. for 15 years and um, I don't find myself back very often now because I'm kind of tied to home educating my daughter mm-hmm. and, and, and doing all those things but um, the, the the few times that I have have come back, back honestly it's like going to a different I don't, I don't know yeah. where is everybody where's my favorite mm. shop where's my favorite this where's my like what but you know you're talking about the lives of these people who like I'm looking for when I'm there and you know ha- what's happening to them how do they feel about mm. it and that's what your project's exactly. about Yes, what it's about. I mean, I shot, when I say I shot, I shot the photos. There's some photos that you see towards the end, and as far as even at the beginning, but those photos I shot between 2010, 2012, but all the video footage is pretty recent, which I shot like possibly, lo- I shot last year and some this year, and all the interviews, all the voice notes, again, this last year and this year, pretty much all last year, to be honest with you, most of them were all last year. So, um, yeah, and, and, and even with the, with the title, you know, did we leave the lights on this aspect of, trying to find the process to kind of explain it I was like you know when you leave your house and you're leaving and you walk out your front door and you're thinking oh crap did I leave the lights on did I yeah. did I forget something did I you know yeah. I must you know let me go back and imagine you go back and the lights are on but there's someone else already there there's someone oh. in your house there's someone in your place of occupation you know where you were <laughs> occupying there's no question mark on it because I know we left the lights on I know we used to live there and I know there are other people there so it's almost talking about you know that whole process and also the theme for me is black creativity in a sense or diaspora creativity because i'm trying to also find the link between social housing and black collective creativity in a sense because i strongly believe that if we're living together if we're growing up together therefore we're creating together mm-hmm. but you know and that's built on the that's built on the process of social housing so if social housing is no longer concerned we're not going to be living together. We're not going to be growing up together. And therefore, we're probably not going to be created together. You know, the only reason, like, a lot, you know, again, large part of even everything I do, even when it's just, like, working in the Venus, whatever it is I'm doing now, so Lee Scratch Perry, is built on the fact that I was allowed to, you know, grow up in social housing and just walk across the road and meet someone who's creative and be like, yeah, let me add to what you're doing and mm-hmm. let's build upon that. And out of that came, we shared in a world city, you know, out of that is sound system culture, out of that is lovers rock, out of that is dubstep, grime, drill, you know, everything that we've contributed, you know, soul to soul, everything that we've kind of contributed to the world, mm-hmm. we've done it on a world stage, but built it upon social housing. So mm-hmm. social housing is no longer concerned, how are we going to create these things when what is going to replace them and what is taken over? And that's the whole concept of like, did we leave lights on? It's like, you know, something has happened, something has changed, there's a shift in the paradigm where do we go what do we do do we blame do we point the finger or do we just try and move on and that's it's complex and it's layered and earlier you mentioned um social media um and mm. there wasn't any social media i'm an old lady right so there wasn't any social media in in my early day i'm 47 so when okay. I, so when i started i was mm. in my early 20s so and now I look at Instagram and I I just think my god I can't imagine how things would have been different if I was on if I was on Instagram you couldn't promote anything that you were doing you literally had to print out leaflets so I'm just wondering now how social media 
not only affect the way that you communicate your work, but does it also affect the work that you create? Absolutely. There's no denying that. They go hand in hand, I, I feel. In a sense, you are able to engage with your audience. You're able to engage with people that possibly share your, you know, your challenges, you know, who are happy to see you win. You know, they, they, they appreciate the openness. I try to be as open as possible, whether it be working in an institution where it's like the ups and downs, difficulties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with my work, I just try to, you know, you want to you want to you want to create a sense of um, honesty and uh, transparency that is OK. You may not have like a thousand or twenty thousand or fifty thousand K followers, but the followers or the people that do engage with you, are they engaging with you? It's the quality of the followers, not the quantity, the, the quantity, you know. So, you know, that goes with your art. Are you you know, it's, I, I like it to show people the behind the scenes, what it takes to get there. So they're not they're not like, oh, this I just woke up one morning, went out, took some photos, and boom, I got my own exhibition. I got this. So I'm in this space. It's hard, hard graph. And mm. if you're coming from a background where, you know, you haven't got support or you haven't got financial support or you haven't got or whatever, social media platforms are a good kind of like beginning entry level. You know, mm. you just share people, share your work, make people interested, engage with other people, ask for tips, ask for help. You know, mm. people naturally, I think our tendency is to help others, you know, if we can, but um, mm-hmm. In terms of my work, I knew something like Did We Leave the Lights on would work well for social media mm-hmm. um, and also it would help build the narrative, or not narrative, but it would help build uh, a, an organic um, path to possibly putting on a photograph exhibition or getting people interested. Because mm-hmm. people have this whole idea is that, okay, I have a great body of work, let me do an exhibition. Mm-hmm. Exhibitions are nothing more than very expensive calling cards, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you do you go on an exhibition, people turn up, sip a little wine, little munchies, Look mm. at your, your work, women and R in, mm. then go home. And you're left with all these test prints, not even test prints, final prints, mounts, mm. you know, glass, they have to be stored somewhere. Those are weeks and hours of editing, you know, whether it be work, whatever artwork it is, you know, there's definitely, with photography, it's expensive because you have to do test prints before you do the final print. Mm. So that builds up to this whole, you have to pay the rent, you know, to, whether it's two weeks or whatever, you know, one week, whatever it is. And then you pack up and go, you know, and what, what happens to your work? You know, people, you know, unless people buy it or people really buy it, it's very expensive. And if you're coming from a background where you haven't got much resources, you haven't got much money, it's backwards. It doesn't make sense. It's a very expensive calling card. So I said, let me make a film on zero budget about a photo series, about a piece of art, about my personal work, Mm. you know, put that out there, zero budget, you know, Mm. build momentum on zero budget, you know, um, then I've, then you got some you got some momentum. People are interested in this project. People want to see more of this project. You know, this is like a tip. This is like me just like relaying my thinking in mm. terms of how to get to where to, from A to B. Sometimes mm. you have to go backwards to go forward. So I'm thinking, okay, cool. I'll make the film. I'll do this. I'll promote it. I'll get people involved. You know, um, they share it. Then they you know to their their audience. Their audience are interested you know you figure it out and they follow the trail and they think oh you're the person that made the film this is great mm. can i engage can i talk can i interview can i you know and then i'm like well this film is about actually a photo project this film is about abc mm. this film is about you know another thing that i'm working on would you like to see that yeah we'd love to see that mm. and all of a sudden you build momentum and mm. one day i'm saying hey look i'm putting on a photography exhibition about the work that you see in this film about this story come and see it 
boom, okay, I want to see that. I want, you know, it's just building interest. So it's almost, it's a great way to kind of strategize, I feel. And you have to be that way, unfortunately. The gone are the days of you just being an artist and someone picking you up. It's like the music industry. Gone yeah. are the days of you being a talented child prodigy and someone saying, hey, kid, you got talent. Let's develop you. They don't do that no more. I wish they did. And there are, you know, something I encourage, I want to do and push forward with any of the initiatives I'm doing is bring back the whole development, artist development concept to the creative industry. Well, call me up. Yeah, Um, people need that. They really do. And also when your work is in a gallery, I've only had my work in a gallery a couple of times. And when you were saying about how expensive it is, I was thinking of this really funny experience that I had. But I ended up like in a a photo exhibition with uh, Maplethorpe Prints and Helmut Newton Prints. But the funny oh, wow. thing was, like, I didn't have to pay for that. Some the, the, the exhibitor asked if they could have some of my prints and they'd pay for it. And at the end of it, it was really funny because the the gallery was closing down and putting away all the prints. And like the assistant curator, like, gave me a call and said, "Are you in Soho? Are you in the area?" And I was like, "Yeah, I am actually." She's like, "Listen, all the stuff's been packed up, like." to send back to like wherever it came from like the the art dealers and whoever owns these prints um and actually I know that they've not numbered and labeled yours like they've just printed them up and she was like this Mm. is so expensive come and grab them if you want them and you can keep them and I was like Uh. this is like the funniest thing but um the thing about exhibitions as well is that people stand and look, but quite often they yeah. go for a social occasion. And if they don't go for that reason, it's very it's a very formal space where people o- tend to over-intellectualise what they're seeing, right? Mm. And what I really like about your Did We Leave the Lights On is that the stream of consciousness that runs through it and it's like it moves quickly and you've got the spoken narrative and the visuals and it creates an emotive experience that the viewer is drawn in and they don't have the chance to over intellectualize and I just mm-hmm. it's just really engaging it works really well thank you. you you said about um working in an institution and that is the VNA, the Victoria and Albert Museum so you worked there for a while in their digital department and you've recently left to go freelance which is like that's a massive move for an artist how how are you feeling about Terrifying. it I'm feeling very sober at the same time refreshing and you know you feel a sense of there's weightlessness to it in many ways good weightlessness and bad way it's just like you're drifted you have to just kind of like ride it now and just um i i don't want to romanticize freelancing and you know the whole start your own business and you know there is especially if you're coming from low-income housing or you've, that's been your story like having a job having a nine-to-five it just it helps the complicatedness of life it's just one less thing to worry about. Mm. You know what you're going to get paid at the end of the month. You can plan holidays. You can save up. You can kill your debts. You can do a lot of things, mm. you know. But then there's lots of other things that you can't do. And it's a trade-off, you know. And you have to kind of live with that. And you have to be happy with that trade-off. But if you're not, then you have to change something about it. And for me, there's always going to be a job. There's always I'm always going to have a skill set, Lord willing, that people want, you know. And um, But I feel at this time... And the momentum I'm trying to build with my own creative practice, it was important to kind of explore that, even if it's just for a year, build up my portfolio, collaborate more. I want to collaborate a lot more. Quincy Jones says analysis, paralysis from analysis. There was no time for that. 
There was no time for me to set up great cameras and get the white balance right and get the f-stop, the aperture, and all I just had to go out and film something and tell a story, you know. Mm. And um, I want to explore my creativity more. So part of that is to go freelance. And I'm kind of consulting or kind of in between helping the VA you know, develop a new resident program or initiative, kind of creative outreach, helping them kind of develop a, a new arm in terms of how they engage with practitioners that is not tokenism, is not trivial or you know, something that's a bit more honest and realistic. Yes. I'm more into system building. I'm more into say, let me create a system that when I'm asleep, it's still making, you know, something still coming in. That's what we need to get into if we're going to survive as artists and as practitioners. We need to be able to say, let's use our creativity, you know, to problem solve. Let's supply our creativity to, to our business model, you know. That's how we're going to survive. We have to, they're gonna, you can't say you're not good with money anymore. You have to be, you know, I'm a creative and I make art. I want to make sustainable art. Mm. I want to make art that people can invest in, that I can invest in, I can pass down. We need to get up. We need to really figure that out and mm. really lock that down if we're to survive. You know, sponsorship is cool. You know, um, grants are cool. You know, uh, bursaries and all this stuff is cool. And But funding, in a way, is, 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 is cool. But, you know, I think we really should really start to explore you know entrepreneurship and mm. diy culture in a way you know especially now with the gates are open the gates are down mm. you know, gone are the days of you the gatekeepers constantly controlling you can be you can have a voice now i'm gonna wrap up with um because i've gone over time and you're sitting in a park right god knows I mean, the sun. I'm, I'm at a dot. I'm actually at a real. I'm at Grosner Waterside. It's like a nice oh. little. It's like water. It's not like a. It's like Docklands. It looks like Docklands, but oh. yeah, it's kind of peaceful. I'm just walking around in circles here. Yeah, it's okay. nice. Well, I can, I can talk for England. Like seriously, if I don't stick to. Same my... here. So when you said to me, I was like, oh gosh, we're gonna run over. Now I'm gonna finish with the most important um, aspect of your work. <laughs> Right, Lee Perry and, uh, and Miranda July. Now, I've not met anyone who has worked with like two of my like favorite creatives. When when did I work with Miranda? You did you work with Miranda July? Where I put this video up on Instagram, I'm sure of Miranda July and her immigration series. Hold on, did you not work on that? No. I'm sure you did. Wait, go go find it. Well, I'm I'm either hallucinating or my age, like my memory is just like really, <laughs> or or yours is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you. Four curtains opening and closing. Oh right? yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's all about immigration. Now this is how we found each other, and I put this post up because I just love this piece. And you put a message saying I filmed this. I did film that, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was um, in an exhibition called The Future Starts Here, yeah. um, an exhibition that the VNA put on, and yeah, it was all about you know looking at future technology, and you know I remember, f- yeah, I did film, I filmed the whole B-roll movie in it um, about that, and I remember having to just come down uh, one morning, early morning, just to shoot the, the curtains opening and closing for something that they wanted to post online. So it was something I read, I read about it and I, I and, you know, found that the, the, the colors and one curtain opens this and I found it really interesting. But yeah, it was, um, it was definitely, a, it was a job request which I had to do, I've been asked to do and I thought, yeah, you know, I'll do that. Yeah, I went down and just filmed it. So when I saw it online, 
you know, it's like it's crazy. I'll be I'll be living my life and I see something, you know, online or I see something on like TV or you know in the publication or a magazine. I'll be like, oh, I, I shot that, and but it will say Victoria and Albert Museum, and it's kind of funny that although it's technically right, there's something in my soul that didn't sit right. That didn't really, <laughs> it didn't sit right with me, and that's one another thing where I'm kind of going freelancing yeah, because cool. you know institutions can only do so much, and being associated with one, you know, is um, yeah, it's helpful. But yeah, there's something about giving your years you will you know that you need to kind of like add up and live with and i've just thought you know what i can do this stuff now I, i've been doing it and yeah but yeah um a great great piece especially about a, a piece about immigration you know a piece about well, you know cool? the movement of people and then here you have someone from the diaspora who's a who's a you know i'm a direct result of the fruits of empire you know yeah. nigeria's yeah. a hundred year old experiment 50 years of independence my mom came here in the 80s as a student you know, I'm the, you know, the reason why we're speaking English is because of colonial, colonialism in Nigeria. Mm. We're not speaking English because that's our, our mother tongue. Mm. So for me to take, be in this institution, take this imagery and no one know I took it, it's kind mm. of interesting. Isn't it? It's quite mm. poetic, isn't it? I saw your pictures of Lee Scratch Perry. My Perry. God. Genius. <laughs> how did that happen? It's like I only introduced, do you know how I, I introduced my daughter, she was eight at the time, to Lee Scratch Perry because I got a press pass right to the Freeze mm. Art Show so I could afford it. That's mm. the only way I could afford to go. And I said, look, we're going. You'll probably be bored. You'll wonder why I'm dragging you there, but let's just go anyway. And I took her to the yeah. closing ceremony, which was Lee Scratch Perry being interviewed but also playing a set at the freeze art hey. show and i'm like well if she's wow. gonna get a proper inter- introduction into my whole world then this is gonna be it right this mm-hmm. is this is uh, lee scratch perry this is dub and reggae and this is art all combined and um mm. so she was reading her book and i was like oh fuck it this is not going well at all she's reading <laughs> and lee scratch perry's up there but you know what by the end of it she was dancing on the chairs it was oh, amazing so Warp Records got in touch with me. Um, I've done a few bits and pieces for Warp, and um, yeah, they just you know asked me if uh, last very last minute, but they asked me kind of if I could step in and do a uh, Lee Scratch Perry photo shoot. And yeah. I'm gonna tell you something. Yeah, as soon as he opened the door, <laughs> I opened the door and his, his PR met, met me, and he was in the back, mm-hmm. and he saw it was me, and he <laughs> just smiled. It was almost like yeah, it's a brother. <laughs> yeah, they've been used everywhere now, you know. So uh, it's amazing. He's such a really 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 attentive and really switched on very sharp for his age and i mean i don't want to say it but i, I don't have any interest in being the great, world's greatest photographer no. you know or videographer or whatever you i just want to be the my an artist that i'm happy with i'm proud of we want to tell stories that's how we're connecting with each other so i think that's a really nice place to wrap up hey!